Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Please be joined today by Bryson DeChambeau, a three-time winner this year on mm-hmm. the PGA Tour. Sorry, season. Mm-hmm. We can't talk yep. in years here. Yep. We, we talk in seasons. <laughs> one is behind us. One is about to uh, get started for you yep. here uh, in Las Vegas in a few days. But having had a chance to look back on this past season, two yep. wins in the playoffs, a win at Memorial in the playoff, yep. what's your biggest takeaway from, from 2018 for you? I think my... Uh, ability to have resilience and resolve you know there's been a lot of times where I've had some difficult moments and I think people saw a lot of that and that's a good thing that people realize that I'm human but I do make mistakes and do suck every once in a while (laughs) but at least from those moments I was able to learn from them in a positive way and go out and show them who who, what I can do and and who I really am and I think that's the cool I'm good uh, that's the cool aspect about Golf is the ones that, that that can get into the top ten in the world are usually the ones that have an incredible amount of resolve and resilience. And so, when I'm not playing my best, I, I know how to get it in. I know how to even win every once in a while. And uh, th- those are the biggest aspects of, of the year. Me me knowing that I cannot have my best and still win. Did you win without your best last oh, year? Oh yeah, I won two of them without my best. And then TPC Boston, I was playing really really well. <laughs> It's got to be nice, right, to yeah. uh, still walk away with the trophy feeling like you, you have a few things to work on the range. I mean, I know I Always. Was, was there at Memorial. You're closing down the range every night. Every and, night, and trying thing. to figure it out, trying to go, mm-hmm. what is going to make me a little more consistent? And that's always what it's about. I don't give up. I, I, that's something that my dad never taught me. Even when I got mad and frustrated on the range and, and on the golf course, he would never pull me off for my attitude because he said, that's what's going to make you great. You're going to learn to control a little bit better, <laughs> but... <laughs> But that's what's going to make you great. Well, you mentioned controlling the attitude. I know that uh, you got a few questions about, uh, you know, your range session at the sure, open, sure. and uh, cameras caught you kind of, you know, having having a rough moment. And then you yeah. look at that leads to two two playoff wins mm-hmm. a couple weeks later. I know we've talked to John Rahm, and he he makes it seem like a Coke bottle where he says, if I try and bottle up my energy and try and bottle up my emotions, yeah, it's eventually it's going to. I'm the same way, but in a bit of a different way. I get more frustrated about the things that I can't control at the moment. Okay. More, more or less like if I hit a bad shot, I hit a bad shot. I'm not going to get mad over that. Yeah. That's my fault. Things I can't control, I get mad over. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Good luck with that. It's yeah. going to keep you up at night. Right? <laughs> exactly. But uh, that's, why, that's why I strive so hard to figure these things out. That's why yeah. I go to do tests and, and go to research facilities to try and understand the certain dynamics that have not been understood yet. You started the year ranked 99th in the world as we sit here now. You're, 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 yeah. Hey, but That's now, crazy. good news, we start with the bad news. Yeah. Then we go, now you're sitting here number seven. Yeah. What was the biggest growth area for you that allowed you to make that transition? Uh, I would say the resolve that I have in my ability to resolve issues with my golf swing. 
you know. Um, so is it more mental than physical? It, it was physical. The, okay. the physical is what related back to the mental. It's it always people real, got to realize that it's never mental first off. Okay. It's always a response from the physical side that allows you to get frustrated, depressed, sad, whatever it is. Okay. And so f for me, and and for everybody else, it's, you never get mad before you hit a tee shot. Think about it. It's always the result. Sometimes we get scared. Scared, scared, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But that scared is from previous attempts yeah. of not executing good shots, right? So yep. you can make that argument, but I can always go one back behind you. Yep. Because it's always something that's physical and something that you've seen, heard, or whatever, an external stimuli mm -hmm. that makes you unconfident, mm -hmm. not confident. And so for me, going back back to, to my issues and stuff, my, my resolve is really what has been the big difference for me this year. And the ability to, to take a situation and go, man, that's not good. How do I fix it? How do I learn from it and become better? What, how would you uh, describe your week in Paris? What was your Ryder Cup experience like? I mean, you look on paper, I would have told you at the beginning of the year, you're going to go, you're, A, you're going to make the team, you're going to play with Phil, you're going to play with Tiger. Yep. You would have, you know, I could have pushed you over with a feather. Oh, yeah. And then, it would have been easy to, yeah. From a team perspective, uh, you know, it certainly didn't go your way. So how, yeah. is, it, is it bittersweet? How do you look back on that week? Uh, obviously a bit bittersweet. I would say for the most part it was an enjoyable week and had a great time with you know, getting actually to know the guys. I'm, I'm, a, I'm somebody that, I'm kind of like a lone wolf out on tour. I do my own thing, really don't play much golf with too many people. You know, if I get the chance to play with Tiger, I'll play with him. But I'm really kind of a lone wolf, and it was great to, to get to understand and know people's backgrounds a little bit better and see where they're coming from. Um, it makes it more personable and, and more relatable out here to where we're all struggling for the same thing. And it makes it uh, worthwhile, I would say, to have these relationships now because I know that they're going through the same stuff I'm going through. A lot of fans and media, like, you know, the, the phrase comes up, team room. It's like this mythical object <laughs> when it comes to the Ryder Cup and, and these team events because it's an individual sport. This show rarely goes to the team environment. What was the biggest takeaway from you in, in terms of what went on in that team room that maybe you didn't expect or didn't anticipate going in that week? There was a lot more bonding than I ex expected. I mean, I knew there was going to be some bonding, but it was really cool to get to um, dive into people, you know, and, and that's something that's really personal. I would say that shouldn't shouldn't ever leave that room yeah. because it's special and unique to us. That's what makes the Ryder Cup so great, is that we have those moments, we have those memories for life. And anybody that wants to try and make the team, um, that's the reason you're doing it. You know, it's it's really to have an amazing time representing your country and getting to know the others in a lot better way. You mentioned playing with Tiger, and that was a frequent occurrence for you in 2018. I remember. Yeah. You know, one of the, the biggest smiles I've seen on your face is just walking at, at TPC Sawgrass playing with him and HV3, yeah. and you guys were having a, a great time on yeah, those awesome. early early week rounds. How how instrumental was Tiger's friendship and his mentorship been to the success that you've had this year? Yeah, I think he's given me a lot of confidence knowing that he is uh, who he is <laughs> and how much he's won and how much he's done for the sport to be able to see how he plays the game of golf and what he does. It, and honestly gave me confidence in what I was doing because it's like, you know, he's just getting the ball in the hole too. I do it a little differently, but if he gets in the ball in the, in the hole more than, than, than I do, then he's going to beat me. And it's just, it, it, it got back down to, it's just a game. And that was really cool for me to be able to experience that and you know, see a little bit from his side of how he, he plays the game and how I play the game and how we do it. Uh, two different ways but ways to still get the job done. And that's the, the cool part about it. He's like, yeah, dude, I 
love what you're doing. I think it's really interesting and and it's, it's it's different. But hey, you get the ball in the hole just like I do. Well, you were out there at Torrey Pines when he made his his comeback, and you saw him firsthand. Certainly at, at the Tour Championship, when it felt like half of Metro Atlanta was following him down the yeah. 18th hole at Eastlake. What what stuck out to you from obviously a unique perspective of of being a practice round player, being a competitor Thursday through Sunday in terms of watching the evolution of Tiger in 2018? It's really how much he truly means to the game of golf. There's, we are all here because of him. I am here because of him. I'd say every single young golfer out here is here because of him. Yeah. And that's something that nobody can take away from him. Because he is what made this all happen. That's fair enough. Uh, what's the biggest misconception about you? About me? How human I am? How so? Well, I mean, people ever think I'm, I'm this crazy scientific guy and... <laughs> I'll go sit on the couch for hours on end just like anybody else and watch TV, you know. Then there are times where I'll be, I'm just a little obsessive about trying to understand the game of golf. You know, I've got that knack for wanting to understand things that haven't been figured out yet. And I think that's what people need to understand. I've got two, really two sides of me where I can just clear my brain and just sit and watch TV for hours on end. And then I can think of something or watch something on TV and get inspiration from it and go, oh, Oh, that makes sense. And then I'll just, it starts going from there. And then I become a little obsessive about it for a while. And then I go the other way. It's just a ebb and flow of, of what I do in life. And I think that's the biggest misconception is I'm human, but I'm just a little obsessive as well. <laughs> I was going to say, the obsessive, probably not just golf related. I would think that it no, would be. Uh, every once in a while, what's funny is my room is a mess. Okay. But when you get me around sports or golf or, you know, a competition or com something competitive, I become obsessive about it. What's your Netflix queue look like? I don't have Netflix, but I'll watch like The Walking Dead or, or even I'll play games like Fortnite and, okay. and have fun with that and play with uh, my friends online and it's fun. Anything it's fun else besides Walking Dead that uh, has your interest on TV um, side right now? Not right now. No, not right now. And, and even at that, I'm just watching some movies, some new movies that come out. Yeah. I like the new movies that come out. Um, we were. I, I remember I was here last year talking to you and you mentioned spear fishing. I love it. How did you, how'd you get into it and how did... Uh, well, have you been spearfishing? Yeah, w when I went down to Albany, uh, when I went down to Albany, I actually had uh, the opportunity to meet the head pro. I actually had the opportunity to meet the head pro, and he um, uh, allowed me to, to go spearfishing. And so I uh, went out for, for the first time, really scared jumping in the water, and I got in there and started swimming around with some sharks, and that was not easy, but... <laughs> yeah. But then I essentially got to the bottom floor and we were able to catch some stuff. And, and ever, the, my first catch was um, a lion, lionfish. Those things are deadly and poisonous. Yes. And so ever since I caught that thing, it's just been a thrill ride ever since. And so I love going Tough there, to beat the adrenaline and, of taking down oh, a fish that can take you. Right? Absolutely. That's something that's unique to its own. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so as we said, you're going to make your season debut at Vegas, but looking forward to 2019, the pieces are in a lot different position on the yeah. schedule. How big of a challenge is it for you trying to map out everything, make sure you're at the big events, but also make sure you still have a little bit of gas left in the tank when it comes to August yeah. now instead of yeah, September? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the biggest thing is going to be that I'm not going to be playing in some events that I love to play in. Right. You know, I'm just going to have to take some out, unfortunately. Look at the tournaments that I played really well in last year and say, all right, let's play in those and then try and play in the majors. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the majors. What's the key for you to, to cont moving from winning events to contending in majors? I think having my game. I, have, I didn't have any – every major I didn't have my game. 
just for whatever reason the timing was off yeah and so making sure that i have my game going into the majors is going to be a key thing if i can do that i will compete there's no doubt uh, a lot was made of Compass Gate 2018. Uh, <laughs> That's at, freaking hilarious. At uh, Travelers, I know when I was, I was up there and we talked to you on Sunday, and it seemed like you didn't think that was going to be be that big of a deal. <laughs> no, uh, it turned into a bit of a bigger deal. I guess just just big picture. How would you describe your relationship with the USGA? Because you've had Compass, yeah. you've had side saddle putting. You've I've struggled with them, uh, obviously, and through all the struggles, I think that uh, I've tried to have them maybe understand a little bit of from a player's perspective a, a decent player's perspective of you know that I'm trying this is a job and we're trying to do our absolute best of the job and so I really don't appreciate it when you know you hinder my ability to do my job at the best of my ability you know and and I think that it's okay I understand it and I and I appreciate their governance and respect their governance but at the same point in time I'm ever working with them always right. working with them now to have them understand my side and make it, it was just like uh, the, the the contour maps this year mm -hmm. you know that was reined back because a lot of players were like you're not going to be able to regulate this there's no way you can regulate it and it's affecting too many people's lives you know you got they got to think about that they should i personally think that they should be doing whatever is necessary to speed the game up make it fun more fun to play and more enjoyable to play and you know, I, I also understand the heritage of the game, but there's got to be a balance there, you know. And the more that there can be a balance, I think the better off uh, the game of golf will be. But I, I appreciate everything that they've done, their input, their response to me um, on every subject matter uh, is is, is uh, been clear so far. What's your take on the rule changes that are going to? I'm propose? gonna leave the flag stick in. There you go. It'll be. It'll be. <laughs> you get a drop from from a, a couple inches off the ground. Just putt every five footer. Leave leave the stick in. Absolutely. All right. We'll see how that goes at uh, yep. Augusta, right? <laughs> yep, I guess so. Uh, I mean, the green reading books you mentioned, are those, it, it seemed like they were going to eliminate them, and now they're like half eliminating them? Are you? Yeah, they aren't eliminating them at all. They're making it actually uh, easier for me to have a distinct advantage because I got better eyes. Huh? All right, there you go. <laughs> Calling your shot. Uh, is it, I mean, is it a challenge for you? Do you feel like you're in an adversarial position sometimes? With, what do you mean? In, in terms of being a, a player who has come up on multiple occasions on things of, of I don't know if it's necessarily yeah, pushing the, the envelope, but you've had things that you're doing that no one else is doing, and the USA yeah. has come out and said you can't do it. Well, I've never really been incredibly talented as a kid growing up. I had a, some talent, and I worked my butt off to get really, really good, and I've tried to find every little edge I could growing up. And just like I uh, helped develop the one-length irons, you know, I'm always trying to develop other ways to make the game easier for, and more fun and enjoyable for people to play. Was there ever a moment of doubt when you were coming out? Because it was—it's not been exactly a fluid trajectory from you as a pro. Was there yeah. a moment where you kind of questioned the the approach, the one length approach, the unique? The, not the, the one stuff? length approach. That's been solidified since I won my first few events uh, when I developed the set. I knew right. it was it was going to be ever changing and, and getting better consistently. And and shoot, even when I was a professional, I, I tested the variable lengths and I'm like, it's just not better. It's, yeah. not, it's not it's not as good as the one lengths. Uh, but in terms of still work though, <laughs> right. but I mean it, it was a, it was a rough start out of the gates for you. You know you missed. Well, that was that was more of me learning how to swing the golf club a little bit better. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, what's the key to coping with pressure in terms of on some of these stages that you find coping yourself with on pressure, now? Having a better neurological response mechanism. See, I knew I was going to get there. We were going to get there eventually. Some, we're going to go down the Bryson rabbit some hole poop now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally about having a better neurological response mechanism. The more I can hit five shots and, and it go exactly in the same 
box and land in the same box, the better I'm going to be. If I hit this, if I have the same feeling and it goes into out of a different box, I don't, I didn't have a good response mechanism. But has that approach changed for you in terms of you've, you've gotten yourself into positions being number one in the FedEx Cup, making the Ryder Cup, situational pressures that you hadn't felt prior to this year? Yeah, those pressures have definitely affected me a little bit, but at the same point in time, it always goes back to, to can I control the neurological process in my body? What's your top goal for 2019? Top goal? I'd say uh, to compete in every major. Compete. Compete. What compete. do you define as competing? You know what I define as competing. <laughs> I Is it, well, Jordan, Jordan says I need, I need to ting off Sunday with a chance. Do you feel that that's competing? You know, you know what competition means. I'm not okay. going to say it. But all right. You, okay. all, you all know what competing means to me. Okay. So uh, being there. <laughs> what's one bucket list destination you have not been to? Bucket list destination, probably Antarctica. <laughs> it's going to be a long trip. You can rack up some frequent flyer Yeah, Absolutely. Right no, I think it'd be fun to be on the, uh, the close to the South Pole. It'd be, it's just interesting. I think it's just. Wonder if I want to. I want to play golf on every continent. That'd be really cool. Okay. Take your spearfish with. Exactly. With you. Exactly. This has been the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. Remember, log on to golfchannel.com/podcast. Subscribe, Art19, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast, search Golf Channel as a keyword and you will find us. Bryson DeChambeau, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, Golf Channel podcast. Thanks. All the best of luck in uh, 2019. Appreciate it. Thanks. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.